the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm both a master of the laws of taxation laws and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, because of my education, my training, my experiences, and my life's observation, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance, as well as the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice some related fields, including debt wealth management, estates and trust real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference point, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business financial areas, I have spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And as I've shared with you before, because once a military brat, always a military brat, my dad was a great soldier, and so was his brother, my uncle. And I married a great soldier and helped create another um, military brat with him. As such, I know firsthand how hard it is economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based system, and I'm a capitalist, especially after they separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military, and because I grew up and was able to spend time with both my grandmas on both sides of my families, I am, uh, I have respect and love for seniors, you know, in my DNA. And as such, when the situation presents itself, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves now ourselves, the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our society today. 
Uh, also, I have to do my little um, uh, little disclaimer. Uh, this show doesn't provide any legal advice, um, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. In essence, we have to come to some kind of meeting of the minds for you to be <laughs> my client, and this show is basically an educational forum. Okay? So I want to put that out there. But I want to get on to today's topic right away. Like so many of you who tuned into the Oscars this past Sunday evening, March 27, 2022, and witnessed firsthand 53-year-old American actor, comedian, producer, rapper, and songwriter, and one of Hollywood's most bankable movie stars, Will Smith, who has starred in scores of blackbuster, blockbuster movies, such as 1996 Independence Day that most people watch on Independence Day when he whipped the behinds of the aliens who came to take over our planet. And he's also starred in the Men in Black and the Bad Boy franchises. He laid his hands in anger on 57-year-old American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, producer, and director Chris Rock, who came to fame as a protege of Eddie Murphy and, like Mr. Murphy, is one of the most renowned and well-respected alumni of Saturday Night Live. Now, both these men are well-respected amongst their peers in the entertainment industry, and both men are millionaires million, many times, in, in one instance anyway, millions of times over. Now, both men are looked up to by children of all ages, including me and my child, and both men are very quietly and unceremoniously support the economic development of the black community. And while only they know the nature of their relationship before the incident, it is believed that they were at least cordial to each other, which is why it was so stunning to, for us to witness the slap and ultimately realize that it wasn't a joke and it wasn't a skit. Since anyone with a computer or a phone can take a look at what happened for themselves, I'll not use my precious time rehashing what happened. Instead, I want to focus on what's going to happen next. That is to say, what is or should be the just punishment for Will Smith for the slap seen round the world. First, what did Will Smith do and what is or are the legal ramifications? Well, as articulated in her article entitled Slapping Chris Rock Could Cost Will Smith More Than His Oscar and was published in Forbes on March 26, 2022 and you can find Forbes at www.forbes.com Forbes senior contributor Dana Friedman found uh, legal resources to explain that Will Smith could be charged with both assault and battery under California law. Assault under California Penal Code um, 240 PC and battery under California Penal Code uh, 242. Now, according to Ms. Friedman's criminal expert, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Solomon, who is the chief legal analyst at the legal platform Esquire Digital, 
under California Penal Code 240, known as simple assaults, is a misdemeanor and is punishable by a fine of up to $1,000 or up to six months in the county jail. He, um, and, and what he did also is defined as battery. A battery is any willful or unlawful use of force or violence upon the person of another. When Smith actually hit Mr. Rock, whether it be with a strong open hand slap or a closed fist punch, it doesn't matter. According to the law, he committed battery and he did it in front of everyone. Now, although the LAPD has confirmed that Mr. Rock declined to press charges, I consider truly an act of grace, this may not be the end of it. Legally, the LAPD witnessed an assault and a battery, and whether they saw it happen in real time or a few minutes later on a tape, they should have arrested Smith, according to Mr. Solomon. So I'm sharing with you that ultimately what happens to um, Mr. Smith criminally will depend on the district attorney. And Rock could eventually decide to press civil charges against Mr. Smith. Under California's Code of Civil Procedure, Section 335.1, the victim of an assault and battery has up to two years from the date of the intentional act to file a civil lawsuit. Now, this might be the case, although right now Mr. Rock doesn't want to file any charges, but it might be the case where Mr. Rock later discovers that he has some kind of latent injury that manifests itself over time, such as the onset of uh, headaches or vision loss that can be caused by any trauma to the head, um, even that caused by an open-fisted slap. Now, finally, according to Ms. Friedman, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science that runs the Oscars, they could decide that they want to expel um, Mr. Smith because the organization changed its bylaws and it does not contone violence of any form and there's a strict code of conduct um, that might come into play. The Academy's Code of Conduct was updated in December 2017 in the wake of the Me Too movement and is emphasizes the importance of upholding its values and ethics, including upholding the values of respect for human dignity, inclusion, and supportive environment that fosters the creativity needed in the industry. So, However, it might be pretty tough to expel uh, um, Mr. Smith from the Academy because it evidently takes a two-thirds majority vote of the Academy's Board of Governors, which consists of Hollywood heavyweights such as Steven Spielberg, Eric Roth, and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, so we don't know ultimately what's going to happen. But even if he doesn't lose his membership, the Academy might decide that they're not going to invite him anymore. And um, that might be the case, but he still can produce and star in movies, and um, he could still win another Oscar, although if he gets expelled, he can't vote, but other people might vote for him anyway. 
So with that grounding of the scope of the potential punishment facing Mr. Smith under California law and according to uh, the Academy's own rules, my question is this. What is or should be the just punishment for Will Smith for the slaps seen around the world? We'll talk about it when we come back, but first we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue today's discussions, which I must tell you was inspired by a segment of the PBS NewsHour that aired this past Thursday, March 31st, 2022, entitled Slapping Incident that at the Oscars that sparks a difficult but important conversation. The PBS NewsHour is located at pbs.org forward slash NewsHour and then you can select um, whatever episode of the show that you'd be interested in. Again, this episode took place on March 31st, 2022. Now, the participants in the conversation were PBS um Reporter Stephanie Sy and two black college professors, Mark Anthony Neal of Duke University and Ilsa Nefari Yulin of Hunter College. Ms. Sy asked these two professors by opening up the conversation. She said, a lot of people who watched Will Smith's onstage slap of comedian Chris Rock are saying that the moment carried more meaning and change and charge than just a man losing his cool with another man who insulted his wife. Joining me to discuss the deeper and cultural context are author and film critic Elsa Yulin, who is also a professor, and Mark Anthony Neal, author and professor of black popular culture at Duke University. She asked Professor Earn. You wrote a searing piece for The Hollywood Report in which you seem to dissect each action Will Smith took that night in a deeper context of pain, specifically what you called black pain. Why do you think it's important to see this moment through that lens? Uh, Professor Yulin says, I think that any time we witness violence, we need to understand that from a place where we recognize the emotional and psychological state that's driving this physical response to a trigger. And Will Smith was definitely triggered that night. But I think in a broader context of American society, we need to understand what was happening there. It's really rooted and steeped in a 400-year commitment to black erasure, black marginalization, black silencing, and the stereotyping of black people. All of that was present in a visceral, felt, and real way in the infamous slap. Um, then Ms. Stiles turns to Professor Neal. You have taken a different take in previous interviews. 
You have criticized Will Smith's action as rooted in a notorious tradition of manhood, what some people refer to as toxic masculinity. Why do you view it in that way? And Professor Neil answers, there's been a lot of discourse recently about the way in which black men can show up for black women. We saw Senator Cory Booker do a version of this last week with Judge Brown Jackson. But I think in this instance, the expectation that black men show up is not something in which we should resort to violence. I think, like Elsa suggested, we saw a man who was unhinged in the moment, and the only thing that seemed to be in his toolbox to respond to that moment was an act of violence. But I also don't want to erase the violence that was enacted by Chris Rock in the moment. In his critique or joke on Jada Pinkett Smith, an extension of a broader critique of black women, it he, is it ever a comfortable space to make fun of the kind of chronic diseases that black women are suffering, right? So, in that regard, I absolutely agree with Elsa that we're seeing the con- continuation of an almost spectacular or spectacle of black pain broadcast to millions of people. So, I'm going to tell you, and I urge you to go to the news hour and look at the entire transcript for yourself. Because I got to tell you that prior to um, watching and listening to and then rereading this segment, some of my friends had reached out to me asking me to explain to them the law and the legal ramifications of Mr. Smith's act. And then we began handicapping which of the criminal or civil and or Oscar-related penalties he was going to get. And, uh, However, but after listening to the presentation of Professors Neil and Eulen, I was harkened back to my criminal law course in law school where I learned the five purposes of punishment. And they are retribution, society is angry for the person that perpetrated some kind of act that insulted all of us. Incapacitation, we want to put the person out of reach of the rest of society for an amount of time. We also want to use it as deterrence. Other people watching, don't do this because this might happen to you. But we also want to rehabilitate people who do wrong in society. But there's also room for restoration. However, I have found that restoration in our society is the most overlooked form of punishment in quotation mark and it should be used more and more. In fact, it was used in South Africa to heal the nation after decades of apartheid. People were brought together who were or should have been enemies to mediate and discuss their differences such that they could come away feeling whole and working towards society as a whole. So, perhaps that's what 
should happen in this instance. I say perhaps, I believe it should be. I believe that the Academy should bring together Mr. Smith, his wife, and Chris Rock, who I got to tell you has been extremely generous in refusing to press charges, but also defending Mr. Smith at one of his latest um, uh, comedy um, uh, venues, not allowing a heckler in the audience to take down Will Smith. I believe that if the parties can come together and discuss their differences, iron things out, it might just be that the slap seen around the world could serve as a teachable moment for those of us who want to use the law to expand the scope of reasoning for members of society. <laughs> I got to share with you, uh, and I, uh, I'm not talking out of school. Like most judges have maybe favorite lawyers that come before them. Lawyers have favorite judges that we like to have our clients' matters heard before. Because we believe that these judges will, because they're fair people, they'll listen to all sides before they'll come to a conclusion. And the judge that I'm thinking of, no matter how terrible the dispute is, one of the first things he, he, he asked me is, Ms. Whitehead, uh, would you and your client be interested in mediation? Or would you, would you like to have one of the other judges uh, talk to you before uh, you and your client and the other sides expend a lot of resources? And I got to tell you, sometimes I'm just so mad at the other side, the way they treated my client. And, you know, I, I kind of feel, you know, in a sense, although I'm not going to hit anybody, um, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, I just want to punch them in the nose for what they did to my client. But this particular judge, he kind of like, he, he can't force you to go talk to another judge or, or go to one of the uh, groups that provide mediation service. But he urges you to do that. And I got to tell you, every time I do that, I follow his lead, my client gets the kind of resolution to his or her or its matter that we might not have gotten if we risk going to trial and spending all of those resources. So I'm coming back around again. Yes, you know, um, Mr. Smith uh, should be punished for what he did. We don't want our children seeing the individuals that they admire taking to violence for the whole world to see. But perhaps, as we know, everything happens for a reason. Perhaps there is a reason for what happened on television. And it's to give Mr. Smith, uh, Mr. Rock, Ms. Uh, Ms. Smith, um, Mr. Um, uh, um, Smith's wife, the Academy and the civil authorities an opportunity to resolve this matter such that next year, if we witness the Academy Awards, wouldn't it be nice for Mr. Smith and Mr. Rock to present together knowing that they had resolved their issues and then also bring 
Ms. Smith up on stage. So, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about using the punishment of an individual that crossed the line as a method or mechanism to heal. So we're going to leave it there for now, but as always, closing here in Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including how to use the restorative principles or nature of the law to get a just result. But in the meantime, until we get together again, and in as much as it appears that the variants of COVID-19 and its progeny will be with us for the imaginable future, I once again ask you to please get vaccinated and boosted. I'm going to get my fourth booster in a couple of weeks. And even if you have all your shots, but especially if you don't, please take the necessary precautions to protect not only yourselves and your family, but also those you come in contact with by at least masking up, keeping an appropriate social distance, and washing your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.